I'm really excited to share this episode of Managing Well with you. I talk with Joelle Crawford and we talk about uh, death in the workplace. And so often we are not prepared as managers to deal with um, grief and death when it happens uh, to somebody who we work with or somebody who um, we work with, they love. And because we're not prepared and we all handle death so differently, um, it can be it can be really unsettling and we really don't always know what to do. And so we spend some time talking about how to actually be better prepared as a people manager when uh, grief shows up in the workplace, which, which it does. So I'm excited for you to listen. Welcome to Managing Well. I'm so excited to have this discussion with our guest, Joelle Crawford today. Joelle Crawford is a certified professional career coach and leadership development consultant at Crawford Leadership Strategies. She's the host of the podcast, Career View Mirror, and is the author of Show Your Ask, Using Your Voice to Advocate for Yourself and Your Career. Joelle, welcome to Managing Well. Thank you so much for having me on, Tanya. Yes. And, you know, we're we're talking about death in the workplace. And so I have this big smile on my face. So <laughs> it might seem kind of out of sync to the topic, but um, I'm, I'm really glad to have this conversation with you. And, you know, when we think about death and grief, it, it, there's so much heaviness um, naturally that goes along with it. And I think the smile that you see and I'm feeling is being able to have this conversation yes. because so often we avoid it and then we're in it yes. and then we don't know what to do. Yes. And so I'm just really grateful that we can have this conversation. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking we're smiling in gratitude, and, you know, yes. but not, you know, out of indifference to the topic that we're talking about. Yes. Yes. That's a great way of putting it. And so, you know, I'm curious, you know, I read your short bio, you know, in the work that you do, I would love to hear a little bit more about you and then why kind of for you talking about grief in the workplace is is so important. You know, um, I, I always like to say, Tanya, that I like to, I love to grow leaders for a living because mm -hmm. leadership development has been at the core of every single job I've had, um, interaction, the things, the activities I used to do in undergraduate and college and grad school, everything had leadership development uh, pointed to it, mm -hmm. to where I liked seeing people get to where they need to go and helping reach their goals. And as I was coaching un unofficially <laughs> all these employees um, and dealing with the various challenges that they had, uh, a lot of challenges were personal challenges mm -hmm. come to me. Um, needing support and assistance. And so that's why I'm both a certified professional career coach and a life coach, because the two are not separate. They are the same. And so oftentimes life impacts how we affect, approach our work and do our work. Mm -hmm. And when I personally lost my father in 2018, I was an entrepreneur. I am an entrepreneur. I'm not still, I'm still in business, <laughs> but I realized, goodness gracious, I didn't see any resources for how to work through the loss of a loved one. And then I started thinking about corporate policies and how we only have three to seven days at best to kind of make peace with the loss 
and then move forward? And how is that possible? And how do we, and how grief really impacts how we are productive or not productive, how we, um, we lose our judgment, you know, Mm -hmm. judgment Mm -hmm. impacted, Mm -hmm. um, how we interact with our clients or customers, our family members, our friends. So it it really does have a connection. Um, grief really has a, a, but so I wanted to feel like I wanted to write a book, another book, (laughs) um, on how to work through grief. It was through my varied experiences with helping people get where they need to go. I think Mm -hmm. that there needs to be another resource guide, Mm -hmm. helping people get to where they need to go when they're trying to earn a living and lead their lives through grief. Because you can't get around it. You got to go through it. Very true. And it touches to your point, you know, it touches all aspects Mm -hmm. of our, our lives. And, you know, when you were talking and talking about kind of the organizational structures and policies of you know, people get three to seven days. When you said seven, I was like, Ooh, wow. Like I hadn't even heard of seven. And I think of my own experience of getting, I think it was three bereavement days and the limit. Well, I did not actually get three bereavement days mm-hmm. and the limitation of it because of who they defined as important enough, who mm-hmm. they decided, right. You would, would you would, you as an employee would be granted time off to grieve. Yes. So if it was not an immediate, immediate mean parent or sibling, right? That was it. That you were not for the organization I was in at that time, right? You didn't get bereavement time, and so to the the inhumanity, I think of that um, when you kind of only look at it from a policy, you know, lens, and you forget everything you just said, Joyelle, like. <laughs> we are, we are human and grief touches all parts of us Mm -hmm. and it's going to impact us at work. And so if the workplace doesn't tend to that, the ripple effect is going to be significant. Absolutely. And I I think that, you know, there's, and you, you, you hit the nail on the head, human, the human factor, you know, the human impact it seems to go, go the way of the dodo. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, here you are in human resources and as an organization as a whole, if mm-hmm. your culture, if, if you're saying that you are a culture, a family, which I don't like, I can't stand it when, when companies say we're a family, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. families mm-hmm. don't treat each other. Well, we do know about dysfunctional families, but <laughs> most families do not treat each other with such inhumanity um, when they're hurting or in pain. And so um yeah, I think that there needs to be more done in the way of how businesses and organizations help their employees. Um, you know, I was thinking when you just said, you know, most families don't treat each other so horribly when they're in pain. I think a lot of families well. actually do. <laughs> and the reason I was just thinking about this is because, you know, we all come from families, right? And then we, we, we grow up in, in this family system and then we go out into the world, into the workforce. And so people bring those experiences with them. And so I'm just kind of realizing, like, I, I can now see perhaps why some of these um, inhumane <laughs> policies are created if you're coming from a place where perhaps you haven't had the care and attention and thoughtfulness that you deserved but didn't get. And then it becomes replicated in the workplace. 
And so I'm curious, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, I think people go into management for so many different reasons. Yes. And I'm curious to hear your thought on this. Um, I don't know if people go into management understanding the hard human parts of management, which means the hard emotions. Like Mm -hmm. there's two things that come to mind as we're talking is as a manager, you should be prepared to fire somebody. Yeah. And that's usually not discussed until you're at that point. No. (laughs) And as a manager, you should be prepared to deal with some, some crisis, like emotional crisis, not business is closing down, but like emotional traumatic grief impacting somebody on your team or company at some point in time, mm-hmm. because that's how life happens. Mm-hmm. And so, but those aren't things that we prepare for or talk about. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of curious from your perspective, what could managers at any point in their tenure, whether they, whether they became a manager for the first time last week <laughs> or have been a manager for 10 years, what can they do to kind of proactively prepare to handle grief in the workplace on their team? Yeah, I, I that's a great question. I think um, a great way to proactively manage and handle grief is to to do a little research. You know, be there. I, I I'm always a big proponent of having one on one conversations mm-hmm. with your employees. So that's the, that's the first, the foundational piece is developing a solid working relationship with your employees. Um, Learn more about them, learn Mm -hmm. what makes them tick, understand who they are, what their family, you know, who their family members are so that you can really understand them from a personal perspective. You don't need to know what their medical, you know, because that's HIPAA. Mm -hmm. You don't Mm -hmm. need to know their medical issues or anything, but I think a really huge piece is to do the research on understanding who your employees are so that they're humanized. Mm. And, and then when those hard conversations have to happen, like a performance conversation, performance development conversation, or even um, mentoring conversation, or if they are in, encountering grief or crisis, it's not so stilted. There's, this rapport that you've built with your employee and they feel more comfortable. You're creating a psychologically safe environment. You're building that trust because Mm -hmm. that is really, it's not your job as a manager to um, make people happy, Mm -hmm. but to keep them productive and Mm -hmm. in a safe working environment. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. think safety is not just, you know, afraid of the building collapsing or what have you, but psychologically safe. Right. Right. Doing some research, do a little homework on the people that are working with you so that you can understand who they are. You know, I love when you say, when you started to talk about research, I was like, oh, okay, what book is she going to (laughs) recommend? And you're saying, no, research your team, like develop connections with your team, know who they are as individuals. So you have that foundation so that when the hard conversation comes, that you've, there's the foundation of a relationship. 
Absolutely. And resources also mean leverage your human resources department. Mm -hmm. I mean, a Mm -hmm. former HR professional, I don't say former, I'm still HR professional. Um, leverage them. You know, they're not just the popo and the policy police. Mm -hmm. They are people who you can utilize and reach out to, to help you uh, have these and manage these conversations. The employee, most companies um, are are blessed to have the benefit of having an employee um, um, EAP, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. assistance program. Um, and they offer not just support from a mental health perspective, but they also provide management coaching so they can help coach you as a manager on how to have these difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's also a resource for the employee True. You know, that as they're working through their grief, they have resources that they can reach out to as well. Yeah. I love your point of it's not all on the manager. Right. Right. That when this happens, it might feel like it's all the manager because your person came to you, um, but you have HR to support you. You have EAP to support you. You have your own manager to support you in it. Um, And, you know, I think especially when we talk about um, the workplace and emotions, you know, I think I was thinking in preparation for our conversation, um, you know, sometimes it can be hard for managers to to handle and navigate somebody else's emotions. Um, one, if they're in their own feelings about it, right? Yes. So, you know, you know, imagine a, a direct report comes to you, and it's somebody that you care about, you might have known for a long time, and they are a wreck because somebody just died. Yeah. And so you want to support them, but you also might, you might be feeling for them. (laughs) And so I'm thinking of like the emotional intelligence piece of being able to know and manage your own emotions, Mm -hmm. right? Before Mm -hmm. you can then tend to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes um, people get so, so shocked or fearful of saying the right thing that they, they kind of freeze. Yes. Um, And so I think just building this skill set of knowing your emotions, communicating your emotions, managing your own emotions when times aren't hard um, so that you can then tend to them when, when they are challenging. Yeah. Yeah. That self-awareness and self-management piece. That's a, that's a really huge skill to build. And it's, it's really understanding when you, um, I, I love coaching my clients and, and, you know, and they're, they're in the moment it's, it's, it's easy to push away the emotions that they're feeling to kind of disconnect and discon- disengage. But I think it's important in, in, especially in that kind of situation to, to manage it. Um, mm-hmm. Mark Beckett uh, says uh, he's a Yale university um, researcher who studies um, emotional intelligence. And he says, if you can name it, you can tame it. So if you can name that emotion, then at least you have some control over managing the emotion and not pushing it away. And maybe that that cue, it could be a physical reaction yes. or, or something you feel like you noticed your hand is balled up in a fist or something. <laughs> Um, you're you're perspiring, you're breathing uh, more shallow, lap shallower. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what it is. And then you can tame it. You may may say, you know what? I I'm gonna give. Let's give each other some 
some time and space to mm-hmm. to to be in our feelings and let's regroup because mm-hmm. I'm still processing this as well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. would that be okay? And that's boundaries. That's that's creating some self-care for you as a manager as you're leading yourself through this loss and helping lead your other your employee through the loss as well. Mm-hmm. And the team. Too, and the team. Right. And because the team. then there's the team that you have to, to think about. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in the moment with the employee who just lost somebody, um, tending to yourself, tending to them. Yeah. You know, I think we often say, what do you need? Um, and people don't know. Yeah. So to be able to kind of as part of the tending to them, say, you know, I want to see what you need and I'm going to offer some suggestions. Absolutely. Um, you could go home. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, I can check in on you later. Um, we could call EAP now if you want to talk to somebody and just giving those two quick, I, quick ideas yeah. you know, so that yeah. they don't have to think so much exactly. and they can go take care of themselves. And you're kind of honoring the space um, that people are in. Yes. And honoring your space too. Yes. Because, you know, low key, you want to have a little space to digest this as well. I, I really you know, I know that your your practice does trauma-informed care training. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that leaders, not only just regular old leaders, but HR professionals. Agreed. Training. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, it is so essential to have that kind of training to be prepared for these types of things and to have these kinds of conversations. And I think that that really, again, when you talk about what should a manager do, I think that they should proactively prepare themselves and have that type of training. I love that suggestion, Joyelle, um, because I think, you know, there's lots of, you know, how to have difficult conversations trainings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think to your point, being really specific and finding training, how to have difficult emotional conversations. So not just about feedback, not just about performance review, but what to do when tragedy strikes. Yes. Those conversations, right? And sometimes it's tragedy like with an individual, somebody's family member dies. Um, Sometimes it's a community tragedy, tragedy, right? Yeah. There's been murders that have been local or, you know, bigger impact. Um, And so like, how do you, you know, like seeing a rise in workplace violence. um, Right. And so how do you, how do you address it? Because what, what, what often happens and then, and I understand why, what often happens is people don't say anything. Managers don't say anything. And I understand their own getting frozen and not knowing what to say, not wanting to hurt somebody, not feeling like they're qualified, Mm -hmm. waiting for their boss to say something instead. So I understand all of those very human reasons, um, and then it leaves people, employees feeling uncared for. Yes. And what ends up happening is in that moment, but but beyond months, years beyond, um, people remember, right? Maya Angelou says people won't remember what you said, but you'll remember how they felt. Yes. And that is how they start to disconnect and detach and become not as great of an employee. I mean, I remember, um, and I've talked about this before when my cousin died and it was unexpected. We, she was like 24, very young. And I found out at work and what I was, the way I was treated, 
was the first thing that I was told was you don't get bereavement leave for that. This happened 20 plus years ago. I still remember it. <laughs> you know, I still remember what that moment felt like. Yes. It, it, and it very quickly changed my impression of somebody who I had um, thought of very differently. Yes. Um, and so preparation for managers yes. to be able to navigate this differently, I think is really, really key. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, not to make an excuse for how poorly that manager responded, people don't know what to say. Exactly. Instance, but if you're prepared, if you have the training yes. to deal with these types of things, then you'll be better equipped yes. um, to not leave a 20 plus year impression right. on somebody who respected you. I mean, that's, it's, it's so interesting. Management and leadership is such a precarious tightrope. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can, it takes years to build trust and seconds to break it. True. And, and if you have some tools in your toolkit to be the best or as best as you can be in that moment leader um, in times of crisis, I think that that's, that's something worth, worth saying. There's never, you never learn everything as a leader, you're always learning more. So, you know, considering that as a professional development um, goal is yes. to, as much as you can to be the best leader you can be. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I agree. And to be able to, you know, acknowledge your mistakes. I mean, it would have been one thing if somebody, you know, if she came back and said, uh, that was awful. Yeah. So, so sorry. Yeah. What, go, go home. What do you, what do you need? I, I would like, it would have been different if there was, because we are going to make mistakes. Yes. Right? So I do want to be clear. It's not like we're not going to, we're right. going we're gonna to step in it. We're going to make mistakes. Um, And then we can also apologize and right. acknowledge it and, you know, attempt to repair what was broken so we can recover from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, what I'm curious if you have thoughts, you know, we're talking about the manager's perspective. We're talking about the the person who lost somebody, but then I'm also thinking about the, the, the team. Um, and I think I want to add one more component that just real, I realized um, sometimes the grief hits because someone at work's family member dies. Yes. Sometimes the grief hits because somebody at work dies. Yes. And then the impact that that has mm-hmm. on the team mm-hmm. that you're still charged with leading. And so I'm just kind of curious to hear your thoughts about ways that managers can acknowledge and what has happened and support. Um, yeah. I, you know, I see a lot of different things, right? Like um, I've seen you know, managers reach out to the employee assistance program, mm-hmm. for example, and they're like, can we have you come in and talk about grief? And so there's a third party entity to kind of facilitate a conversation. Um, and I think that that helps, but it, usually I feel that, you know, as a recipient of that kind of uh, in, engagement, there's a lot of like, you know, here we go, rolling out the extra person. I think there's there could be a lot of um, 
power and impact in just having a manager gather their employees voluntarily, if you'd like to come and let us just have, you know, a remembrance, like a memorial almost. And just let's talk about Jane and, you know, and what we missed or liked about them or what have you. Um, or if you, you're not comfortable with that, let's all meet at the memorial service. If you choose to, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's something about it. Like where, where, um, you know, the, the funeral arrangements are announced and it's almost like expected that everyone go, like it's part of your job. And I think the piece of the grieving as a team needs to be stressed that it's voluntary. Mm -hmm. Let's remember this person, this coworker, the way that you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you don't feel no judgment, it should mm -hmm. be a judgment zone. And I think that needs to be a communication that needs to be shared with, with the team. I think that is so important. The idea of it being voluntary for all the reasons you said. And I think, um, I think I want to talk a little bit to the reality of no judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think in emotional intelligence, so what I'm thinking is, I actually remember years ago, um, within our team, you know, there was a death and, you know, not on the team, but, uh, you know, somebody who was mm -hmm. cared about by somebody on our team. Um, and so we went, but not all of us went. Mm -hmm. And I had to very consciously check myself. Right. And remind myself that that death and funerals and services mean different things to different people. And I like I remember like constantly having to remind myself of that because I was like, we should all be here. Like that was my initial thought. Right. And so I think I just want to like be honest about like yeah. <laughs> what I was thinking and how I was feeling and also how I had to work to um I was honest with myself about how I was feeling but how I had to be really intentional and kind of work in my own brain and emotions to not put that onto somebody else. So I felt how I felt, <laughs> right. But that to not, to not like, to not communicate that, to not hold it against the other person. And I think the reason I was able to not do that was because I was honest with myself yeah. about how I felt about it. So I just want to bring in that piece. I completely agree that we should be respectful of how people handle death differently. Um, and we should be able to catch ourselves when we are like, "Ooh, this is different than me. I wish they were doing it this way." And I, 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 I cannot act on my judgment. Right. <laughs> I do not want to judge this other person for doing it differently. And expose those feelings to the team because then they're going to be like, "Oh, she's feeling some sort of way about it." Then I need to start. Then there's this weird retaliation, emotional retaliation going on. Um, yeah. everybody is probably doing the same thing of judging while I can't believe that X, Y, and Z didn't come. But to your point, people see loss or, you know, going to these types of events as, as maybe opening a wound that mm -hmm. they don't feel like opening mm -hmm. it. Opening. Yes. And, um, yes. You know, people deal with loss in different ways, but I think it's so important. Like you said, you check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> and, and you had to like, make sure that, you know, okay, I'm feeling this way, but this is not, this is how I'm feeling. Yes. 
person has other reasons. And I think that's where the the key piece and the uh, skill of exercising empathy. Yes. So important. Um, and it's, 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 I call them hard skills and power skills, not mm-hmm. soft skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Empathy is so, so important mm-hmm. as a leader to exercise that. And also to remind your team members um, to ex- exercise empathy. And it, and it comes mm-hmm. from the shadow, casting a positive shadow of leadership that, from your actions. And that's contagious. You know, like attitudes are contagious. Are yours worth catching? Same thing. And if they see you modeling empathy, it can be mirrored. At least I believe it's mirrored um, by the team, other team members. You know, I think um, this is hard work. I, I think I just want to pause and say this is hard work. Yeah. And it's good work to be able to be a great people manager because the lives you impact are so are so significant. And I think I just wanted to kind of pause and and say that because this is happening in the workplace. So at the same time, there's projects, there's deadlines, like you're thinking all of that. And so I think what I wanted to just pull out is work's going to pause for a little bit. Yes. And you'll have to become okay with that. (laughs) Yes. And I think if you shift your focus to tending to the person who is grieving and tending to your team, if you just give yourself the space to focus on that for a period of time, the end result will be great as opposed to just trying to push through. And when I say period of time, I don't mean months. I don't even mean weeks. But like, if you just give yourself, you know what? I'm actually just going to take a couple of days. I'm going to be at work. Mm-hmm. But my focus for the next couple of days mm-hmm. is tending to my team. Yeah. And I'm going to push back some other things so I have the space to tend to my team. I'm yeah. going to do that for two days. Mm-hmm. The benefit of that, I think, will will be significant. I think it's. It, I think that's really um, extraordinary. Is to prioritize your team, make it make it part of the ta- the to do list. Yes. Um. You know. Um. I, I'm I'm learning to not work. Um. Put work, not to break. Um, and put my breaks like in between the work. It's just, I'm learning how to, you know, work around my breaks. Like, you know, like it's just like the breaks are more important than the work. Um, if that makes any sense at all, but it's, it's, it's the same thing as prioritizing the teamwork and focusing on the team and connecting and engaging and Mm -hmm. making that a priority. Just the work will be there. Mm -hmm. Oh, it'll Mm -hmm. be there. Um, but I think, seeing you working through, you know, working through the grief with your team, the team's going to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And then perhaps they realize how they were led through a loss and they take that lesson learned and then continue mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. that cycle of empathetic leadership. Yes. I, yes. I worked with a, an organization once that in the span of I think four months, they had three deaths, um, two suicides, and then somebody died at work in the workplace, mm. like in the office. Mm. Um, and so like the, the grief and the trauma of, of all of that was extreme. And when I came in, I saw this person, I knew right away 
the person who died, I knew where they worked. I knew where their cubicle was because of the way they had memorialized it. Wow. And it was so, um, it was a kind, it was kind of like walking mm-hmm. past a gravestone in the sense of like, you could feel the, the reverence, mm-hmm. the like kind of respect around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got me, you know, I, 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 we, we talked about it and I'm kind of wanting to talk with you about it. Like how do, how can people and organizations and people managers and teams um, kind of honor the space of the person who, who died and is no longer there? And I think I want to also throw in the reality is at some point, somebody else is going to sit there. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's something to think about and talk about. And so I'm just kind of curious to hear your thoughts about that. You know, I um, I guess it depends on the culture of the organization. That sounds like a very intimate, close-knit culture of an organization. I worked in a call center once and, you know, it was kind of like the desk was cleaned out and they moved the new person in and it was business as usual. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so it, I guess it depends on the culture mm-hmm. organization. And, and I guess also, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with asking, you know, like my book is called show your ask, you know, what do you think we should do to remember this, this I agree. hero of ours? Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps it's memorializing the desk for a period of time. Perhaps it's a wall you know, of remembrance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think about, you know, uh, some of our, our organization or government organizations like the FBI or the CIA, and they have mm-hmm. remembrance walls mm-hmm. with, with people. Um, so I guess it, it's really about asking the okay. employees, you know, we ask employees, you know, how do you feel about productivity? How do you feel about workload? How do you, you know, but we don't ask about, the humany things, right? Right. <laughs> That's a word, right? Things, <laughs> you know. But like, how how are we going to, you know? Life also impacts work, and so yes. does that. Yes. How would we like? How would we like to remember our um our employees? You know, I think that very simple, like directive, is so spot on. Right. And, it, and I think it's also a good lesson, I think, for managers, like you don't have to know everything. You don't have to, you don't have to lead everything, right? You have to like kind of orchestrate it to make it happen. Yes. Um, but let people tell you what they want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I always say, you know, like it comes with with dress code and with anything in leadership. When in doubt, toss it out. Just ask <laughs> a question, you know, like, you know, if 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 you have any doubts, hey, does this look okay on me? You know, or Hey, you know, what do you think we should do to remember this this person? Or um, do you think we should all go to the memorial? What do you think? You know, what do you what do you think? You know, whatever. And you know, some people may have different opinions, but at least they feel a part of the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know, sometimes grieving is it happens to you, you know, and and instead of like you having no control at all, this at least gives a person who's mourning the loss of somebody, some control. Some control. That's true. That's really true. 
you know, at some point, responsibilities have to get transferred, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So whether it's because somebody died in the workplace mm -hmm. and that role needs to be filled or somebody didn't die, but they're, they're out on an extended leave, right? Because of their own grief. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so I think I'm kind of curious to, to talk through and hear about there's still the business that needs to get done, right? It's the work that needs to get done. And so how do how how do we transfer responsibilities? How do we have that discussion? Transferring responsibilities, like technically isn't hard, right? The discussion about, I know you're gonna be out for four months mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and wanting to support you and you taking the time you need to grieve. And also, you know, we have this big project that's due in six weeks right. <laughs> that you've been the lead on. Yeah. So like how 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 kind of would you recommend people have those real, those very real conversations? You know, I, I kind of liken it to um, when you're giving your boss your two weeks notice, <laughs> you know, you're not necessarily leaving the business, but you want to, I think a supervisor and leader is always going to want to know what happens to the work. Like right, what right. happened now? Right. And I think that there needs to be, you know, sometimes people won't, have the clarity of mind to be able to think through it. So try to think of what's going on and, and, and ask your employee, what do you have going on right now? Mm -hmm. And again, this is where I circle back to having one-on-ones because if you're having regular one-on-ones with your employees, you'll already know what they're working on and where mm -hmm. they're at with mm -hmm. their projects. So even almost going down a checklist. Okay. So I know that you're working on X, Y, and Z and that's rolling out. Who do you want to assign as um, the point of contact mm -hmm. on this? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that you have these contingencies already done. But I, I always circle it back to having those one-on-ones so that you don't have to have them do all of the heavy lifting right. and thinking. You right. already know. If you're a good leader, you should know what your people are working on. Right. right. So, so maybe walk them through, help, help them remember. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you know, last week you told me you were working on X, Y, and Z. That's almost done. So who do you want to offboard it to? Do mm -hmm. you like, do you, you see somebody who's been, you know, has their mouth watering to work on this and get more visibility? Do you have a, a nomination of somebody who you think might want to step up? and take over this, this while you work on, mm -hmm. you feel comfortable delegating it. Let's maybe let's bring him or her in. And so we can discuss what the responsibilities are while you're out so that you don't feel like you're just tossing it to the wind that you feel like you have some agency, um, when you're, you're leaving this project. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think I would also, um, add for the manager to have some people in mind too. Yes, absolutely. Right. They should definitely have. Yes, you should definitely also know who those hungry, right, uh, right, are, or the people who need to level up a little bit that could use the visibility. Again, yes. if they can't think of anybody, you should have somebody in your brain. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because I think you know, there's times I think because grief is, uh, you, you, we, I think we all know this. You know this that grief is cyclical. Grief isn't linear. Okay. Um, and so 
sometimes you might talk to somebody, you know, not the day they find out the news, right? But maybe they come in a week later or a few days later and they might be super focused and like be able to like do it, this, this, this. Like some people are going to come in and going to actually have an incredibly productive meeting because that is where their head is at that moment in time. Yeah. And other people, other times, and it could be the same person. It was just a different day. Yeah. <laughs> and like they literally cannot think straight, right? right. So whether they're like crying, they're like whether they're visibly emotional or not, their brain is not functioning op- optimally. Um, and they're not going to be an- able to answer a lot of questions. Right. And so kind of as a manager, being prepared for all of those scenarios yeah. Yeah. Um, and then doing the best you can. Absolutely. You know, and 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 there might be a point where the person's like, I, I just don't even know right. what to what right. to do. Okay, well, let's work on this together. Instead of being frustrated that this person's brain is not functioning at a thousand percent as it usually is, his brains on grief operate differently, like you said. Mm-hmm. Let's let's work on this together. Okay. Well, you know, um, let's think about Joan. You know, you know, she's she's been really um hungry for a new project. Let's bring her in. And you do you think that that would be a a, a person that you feel comfortable? you know, tossing it in the person's like, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. You know? And then, so, you're, then Joan, it is. <laughs> you might have to just say it's, it's gotta be Joan. So again, it's, 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 it's being prepared to, to walk them through the thought process of delegating. And, um, which also means that you need to be okay with delegation as well. So if you're a micromanager and some people don't have the self-awareness to know that they're a micromanager, but, um, I think it's important to, because there's a lot of work and as you're a team leader, there's this almost this desire as a micromanager and control freak, um, raising my hand, um, to do the work yourself. And I think it's, it's you know, you've got to, I, I know that grief, grief, sometimes you just feel like, okay, I've got to take it on and, and lead this team to success and I'm going to just do the work myself is not the way that you're going to best prepare your team for dealing with the grief. Um, Delegate, you have the resources. Um, So uh, if you're not good at delegating, then maybe you can uh, look up some resources online. There's plenty of things about how to effectively delegate. Um, It's in my book. You can read it in my (laughs) book in a chapter if you have, have any problems with it. I call it lead singer's disease, LSD. (laughs) (laughs) Always want to be in charge and in the front. But if you have a problem with delegating, I think it's important to to use some resources and and, um, and walk the talk and then help walk that employee through the same process. You know, I'm thinking through our whole conversation and when just now what you're talking about and just how important um, strong people skills are to lead when there is grief. Mm. So being able to know your emotions, being able to have empathy for others, being able to manage your emotions, being able to, um, solicit input from your team about what they want and what they need, being able to, um, know, mm, like know when to delegate, yes. know when to be more directive, mm-hmm. right? Um, all of this is coming into the conversation as we're talking about grief. Yes. Um, and so all of these people skills that 
unless you really go into a clinical program degree, right? Um, people don't get these skills. They don't teach it in MBA. <laughs> if we were getting an MBA, no. right? Um, and so just realizing how important it is to just practice good people interaction management skills so that when hard things happen, you already have a solid foundation within yourself. Absolutely. To rely on. Absolutely. Or you could hire a fabulous leadership coach to, yes, you to support it. you in that. Very true. Very true. <laughs> to support is, there, <laughs> is there anything, Joelle, that you want, like lasting words um, or gems or something that you really want our listeners to, to kind of think about when we're talking about how to be the best people manager you can be when grief strikes the work- workplace? Um, I think the best thing uh, to to think about is is to remember that you're human mm. and that you might make mistakes, but you are setting the intention of of collaboration support. I feel like that is one of my it's my million dollar coaching advice is if you set that intention of collaboration and support, no matter what interaction you're dealing with grief, if you're dealing with performance management, you know, whatever it is, if you're interacting with people to be the best leader that you can be, if you set that intention of collaboration and support, if you're intentional about of helping that person, um, then you're always going to attract the best energy. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. This has been, I think, a really important conversation, and I really appreciate your you sharing your knowledge and perspective with us um, of how how to lead well. Yeah, thank you, so thank you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you for listening to Managing Well. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to learn more about today's episode, go to thelodipogroup.com slash podcast for a worksheet on today's episode. A special thanks to my podcast team and the Ladipo Group who supports this show. Managing Well is produced and edited by Black Faves Brand Studio. I'm your host, Tanya Ladipo. If you have any questions or topics you want to discuss, email me at managingwellpodcast at thelodipogroup.com.